Please sit comfortably. So good morning, everyone. Good morning to Paul and Austin on, on Zoom. Uh, to give this um, talk a title, The Dharma of Contradictions. Um, as a way of introduction, um, Althea lent me a, a book recently called Mr. Timeless Blythe, which is a autobiographical novel about R.H. Blythe, who was one of um, Robert Aiken's first teacher, Robert Aiken being one of my teachers, and uh, by Alan Spence. And um, I would highly recommend reading it. I, I couldn't put it down. Maybe it has some personal meaning because um, uh, Robert Aitken used to frequently talk about um, R.H. Blythe and they spent um, five years together in an internment camp together in Japan during the Second World War um, because they were captured or were living in Japan. So that's when they first got to know one another and he and R.H. Blythe um, was the first person to introduce Robert Aitken to Zen. And uh, he also wrote a book, R.H. Blythe, called his most famous book, uh, Zen in English Literature and Oriental Classics. And because I was so familiar with it, I thought everyone knew about it and read it. And to my surprise, some people don't even know of the existence of that book. And uh, again, it's another another book which is worthwhile reading. And uh, in the spirit of looking at contradictions, you know, that, that there's that famous saying that uh, east is east and west is west and never the twain shall meet. And um, it sounds like Mr. Blythe was a contradiction in himself trying to get east and west to meet. And um, we could play around with this theme a lot. But um, do you know how we have the um, famous koan in Zen, why did Bodhidharma come from the west? Yeah. Why did R.H. Blythe come from the West? You know, um, koans are in many ways um, like jokes, or they're they're opening to jokes. It's kind of like the the the, uh, the Zen version of why did the chicken cross the road? Uh-huh. In many ways, you could respond to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe one way of responding to it. I don't know what East is. I don't know where West is. I'm just going to the shop to buy the newspaper. Uh-huh. could also ask you the same question why did you get up in early in the morning to do zazen today mm-hmm. it's a variation on the same question um, so R.H. Blythe in many ways is the, the, the Dharma grandfather that I'd heard all about but never met and so when I read this book it made me more familiar with his, with his life but one of the things that um, R.H. Blythe said about <clears throat> how the qualities of sin can be seen in haiku, he gave a, a list of descriptions. Selflessness, loneliness, grateful acceptance, worldlessness, non-intellectuality, contradictoriness, humour, freedom, non-morality, simplicity, materiality, love and courage. So you see all of those qualities in, in the Japanese poetic form. 
for in in the form of poetry generally too in the world and uh, but I'm going to focus on contradictoriness out of all of those qualities in this talk today but because this was on my mind and I was reading this book um, when I went to the beach the other day with Diana and our dog at Clerval Beach I started to see the world through this lens again so I wrote down a few a few verses um, a day at the beach. At the beach, a baby boy plays with bucket and spade, absorbed in serious work. <laughs> a fisherman lands a fish on the sand, too small to eat, it flaps in despair. A once glamorous couple befriend us assertively and tell us that our dog is too fat. Picnickers. Barbecues, the smell of delicious meat, the flesh and the bones remind me of me. <laughs> so the world is full of contradictions when we actually look at it. And even closer to home here, like just around the corner, the council spent all this money building this wonderful bicycle path, you know, so people can go into the city. I've never seen a bicycle. <laughs> And something even closer to home, which I thought was very funny in retrospect, is that, you know, in our, in our Zen form here, we have a particular form we use and we bow and we come in and we walk like this and we're serious and we, we follow, we're committed to following a very neat, orderly kind of dojo. And that's a teaching in itself. But every now and then, someone who's new comes into the blundering into the room late and makes a whole lot of noise and has their shoes on and has difficulty settling. And um, we're that person's teacher with our orderliness and that person's chaos that they bring into the room is our teacher as well. Mm -hmm. And so we strive for this, maintaining this form, but we hold the contradiction as that the teaching is actually happening both ways like this unpredictability and this chaos suddenly comes into the room and, then, and it disrupts our neat little order. Uh -huh. And that's, that's our life too. We actually try and have order in our life, you know, in our homes and things like that. And then these unpredictable things just sort of, you know, um, smash it to pieces. Uh -huh. um, and, we, and we need to hold the contradiction. See, if we just said, oh, there's no form and you can come in and do whatever you like, um, that's not holding the contradiction. Um, and if you, if, you, if you just do whatever you want, morally or without discipline or anything, you're not holding the contradiction either. So Zen practice is about holding that contradiction. And um, we, we see it in, in many different ways in our life. There was a newspaper article I read about a week ago and the, uh, the journalist was talking about politics or public life. And she was saying that basically no one's consistent. And she talked in a humorous way about everyone trying to hold the yoga pose of moral consistency. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, you can do it for so long, you know, <laughs> then you fall apart. And, um, and she was kind of bringing humor to it, you know, and, and pointing out we, we're all so often pointing out 
the hypocrisy in other people, you know, and how they're not consistent. And we need to do that. That's part of the contradiction. We Just like we need, if we take up the precepts, we, we we're actually committing to um, being a, a good person, right? But we never become perfect, right? So you could either just say, oh, don't, don't worry about it because no one's perfect anyway, or you or you beat yourself up with it, or you hold the contradiction. And whenever you hold the contradiction, you hold it, you're holding something lightly, and it's truer to the nature of life to hold those opposites in contradiction rather than the not. And, and that's where practice comes out of. Mm-hmm. But if you reflect on it, you know, we, we, we see contradictions in our own behaviour, other people's behaviour all the time. For example, um, we, we say of people who are vegetarians, ah, oh, yes, but they wear leather belts and leather shoes, you know, they're hypocrites, you know, we might say that. Um, or from my own work as a couple therapist over many years, so many times it's happened where a couple comes in where <clears throat> there's been an affair, an extramarital affair, and, and one person is really angry and unforgiving at this sense of betrayal. Right? And then you find out a few months later they've had an affair <laughs> and, and, and they go, oh, I, I need to love myself and be forgiving. Right? <laughs> um, we're, all, we're all full of contradictions like that. And, and in politics, you know, in particular, we see it. And again, to hold the contradiction, um, like particularly with people in public life, but even in our own personal life, we need to be held for, held to account, right? And we need to be aware, it's particularly really gross, you know, hip, hypocritical behaviour. But if we recognise we do it ourselves and we're not perfect and we are actually are contradictory ourselves, yes, we can do it, but perhaps we don't do it with the same venom that we might have done before if we think that we're perfect. Because we ain't. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we um, take up Zen practice and we, we take up the practice um, of inheriting it is what in Buddhism is called the six parameters. And the six parameters are translated usually as the six perfections which are generosity, morality, patience, vigour, mindfulness and wisdom. And like Hakuin says in Song of Zazen, you know, we, we take up trying to perfect those things uh, in ourselves. And Yamada Roshi, who was one of Robert Aiken's teacher, said that Zen is the um, perfection of character, right? But no one's perfect. And no one ever becomes perfect. And that, that again is the contradiction. You take this up and you aspire perfection of character, but you never get there. So you can either choose not to practice because you're never going to become perfect anyway, or you hold the contradiction. And when you take up the precepts, you do that. You hold the contradiction. And when you reflect on the nature of the, the great vows that we just recited before with the sutras, the many beings are numberless, I vow to end their suffering. 
a contradiction. Greed, hatred, and ignorance rise endlessly. I vow to abandon them, a contradiction. The Dharmas are countless. I vow to wait to them, contradiction. Buddha's way uh, is beyond attainment. I've, I vow to embody it fully. Hmm? We, we embrace the contradiction, otherwise we don't practice. Uh-huh. And we can, we, can, we, can sh- we, we can either hold the contradiction or, like I said, we go one of two ways. We either think, oh, well, why bother practicing? And we don't do it. Or we beat ourselves up with practice mm-hmm. um, because we're always falling short of the perfection. So it's the same with doing zazen. You know, you sit down and you've got a commitment to bring your mind into the present moment and it wanders off all the time. And you bring it back to the present moment and it wanders off all the time. Mm-hmm. So you could just say, why do zazen? You just keep wandering off all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's... That's to hold the contradiction, to take up this posture and to sit still and you do your best to be here and now and to be present, but you keep wandering off. Mm. That's the nature of it. And so if you really see into it, um, you, you can hold it in a light way. If you don't see into it, um, then it kind of tears you apart, you know, and, and you... It's like you're caught up in your intellect because the intellect wants to make perfect consistency out of everything. And you think, well, I'm not consistent. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you you break through that into just seeing into the nature of the contradiction and holding it, the whole thing starts to transform. And you, then, then you start to transform um, uh, suffering into awakening. So when you sit down to Zazen, you're holding the contradiction, I am, and I am not. (laughs) And if you just say, well, I am not, everything's empty, you don't hold the contradiction. And if you just say, well, I'm here, you don't hold the contradiction either, because who are you? Mm -hmm. Let me um, finish with a, um, a quote by Walt Whitman, who, and as you know, is an American who embodied the spirit of of Zen in his own culture. Do I contradict myself? Very well then, I contradict myself. I'm large, I contain multitudes. Mm